Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Pete, I'm done running. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. I'm going to tell you something. We were gone for quite a while. But no matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. Are you ready? For one last ride? Don't forget where we came from. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. The Guardians of the Galaxy have no place in my world. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf, and I have with me Classic Jake. That's all, folks. (laughs) So we're doing the spoiler cast for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And uh, you know, we did our podcast about this um, before, and I didn't watch the movie. And uh, y- y- you know, just to be honest, you kind of struggled talking about it without spoilers, and I completely understand after watching the movie. <laughs> I would struggle with this review too because it's it's so much. It's both a lot of stuff happens and not a lot of stuff happens too. But um. You know, this is spoiler cast, so I'm just gonna go straight for it. If you have not listened to, if you want to know scores, um, Jake, you gave it a nine in grade 3D, correct? Correct. And I concur. And uh, let's get to the 3D aspect first. So the 3D, I, I thought it was beautiful. Um, I completely agree with you. Um, there's a lot of scenes that were I felt like they really had a like you're looking into uh, like a just into the universe like how they had the framing of the shot of the ship and it gave you you know it felt like there was like right there and then so many times the animals it felt like i could just go out there and pet them <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what i'm talking about oh oh yeah it was a beautiful looking movie um, beautifully, shot, beautifully composed there's a couple of scenes that really were nice um, in 3D, especially uh, the sign where when when they were going on to the I don't know uh, bad guys planet I don't know. living planet I don't know what the hell it was <laughs> and they're in their spacesuits and then they're trying to go inside and the planet is alive kind of they, they make it out of organic materials. And uh, they're talking, and you just see bubbles everywhere. And those bubbles, oh, they're popping in and out, going in depth-wise. Those, be- those bubbles look beautiful. Yeah. And there's another scene um, where it, it was just how they were, like, flying around. Uh, there's so many times they were flying around, and so many times they had corridors that were really long, and they were walking and running by. It just, it, the corridors really helped to make you feel like, okay, I'm there with them, and the depth really helps there. And I was like, okay, cool. I like this. And, you know, the space yeah. space overall looks really great in 3D. So, mm. any other specific scenes with the uh, spoilers? That oh, you... yeah. When Craglin is piloting uh, 
nowhere and the gun and that and that extended gun barrel points out of uh one of the eye sockets yeah of the of as nowhere is a dead celestial's head and that looked even though it was darkish it still looked good oh yeah i was like oh yeah um, definitely a couple of times where Adam Warlock was flying around, where it's like, ooh, nice. <laughs> he was, like, flying toward the camera. <laughs> yeah, that opening, that was like, bam. I mean, it was like, damn, it just got you. The 3D, just the suddenness of it, you know, they just got to it. Oh, I think the part, for me, the best part, the best 3D section was that hallway fight where all of them are fighting in that hallway and you just get different camera angles. First of all, excellently shot. And second of uh-huh. all, so much fun. And 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 just in watching that in 3D and how they were jumping around and cutting and it was like one take. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I also like that, that that group picture at the end of the credit just before the end credit scene where they're just kind of all just sitting around and the feet sticking out. I was like going nice. Yeah, and the sense of scope too. When um, they, I get, I don't know what those creatures were. Those giant creatures that were gonna uh, attack uh, Mantis and uh, Drax and Nebula, and then you could just kind of get the sense of how big they were. Um, and then at the end, when uh, they had the the ships together. And they're just like jumping off of one ship to get to the other one. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then just the beginning too, with uh, Adam Warlock flying into the and just wrecking stuff. You know, look great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looked awesome. Now I can't say it, to me, to my old eyes it looked flawless, but between growing up in an analog world. And watching this in 3D, and 3D is never quite as sharp. But that's this high definition filmmaking uh, does help with that a lot. Uh, somebody who's grown up in a CG world might notice things I didn't, and I'll be the first to admit it. But the CG looked great to me. This wasn't like Black Panther, where I was like going, uh, in, in a few scenes. Yeah, um, and it, it, like you said, there are some dark scenes here and there that and that kind of hamper a little bit, and some of the scenes are a little bit too fast in how they shoot it. But I mean, I don't understand why they shot it fast because it, it's it's really action me. But it, it, it kind of was like, oh, just slow it down a little bit, and it'll be a lot better for three D. But yeah, mm-hmm. and also um, James didn't. I mean, when you use slow mo, you wanna you wanna he wants to. Say, change the pace up which understand he should have done it more than he did because that's one of the reasons that's one of the yeah me not giving this a 10 had was there was no one big oh taking a point off it was this point came off because of a just little here little there it was just it was like the death of a thousand cuts yeah, but still, I was very happy going to theaters and seeing this in 3D. It, it was very worth it for me. Oh, I mean, part of me thought about, but I was like going, no, I'm going to be honest in my feelings. Especially since I, 
avoided, uh, really went out of my way to avoid reading anybody's review or even their impressions or anything. But after we decided what we did, uh, I checked out and other people's um, reviews, and I was really stunned at how across the board there were. There's no consensus on this movie. Yeah, um, I haven't really seen. I don't really care about other reviewers, really. I mean, uh, I, I know our competitor, Cinema Blend, they thought that the 3D was like really great too. Uh, they said it was like a hair of short perfection, which uh, I kind of yeah probably. Um, yeah, this, I felt the 3D in this one wasn't quite as good as Part Two, but it's it's still great. Yeah, I mean, it's not the. It is definitely in the upper tier, but not the the top top tier of Marvel, uh, mm-hmm. 3D. Um, uh, yeah, this movie also didn't have a scene as awesome in 3D as when all the people fell. In the second one, the falling scene, because that was amazing. All right, so uh, I guess from the 3D itself, we both agree it was great and it looked beautiful and a lot of pop outs, a lot of uh, uh, depth. And it just kind of works to kind of immerse you into it and make you feel like you're watching it, like a window into the scene. And it worked. Uh-huh, yeah. I, I think um, Disney screwed up when they didn't screen this for the uh, press in 3D. What was that? I just thought it was, uh, the 3D was real legit and worth it. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the movie itself. So, movie itself um, has quite a few times where they are uh, thinking that you're going to have a, a major character die, and none of them do, which I was, I was actually stunned st- by that. I was shocked. I was thinking, okay, um, definitely a couple characters will die here. And we, we had one, you know, we had Rocket the entire movie. And um, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm okay if he dies. I'm okay if Drax dies, too. Um, I'm even okay with Peter Quinn at the end. <laughs> and um, it, all of it was like, just it's like, okay, I guess not. I don't know if Disney said no or if James Gunn said he doesn't have the heart to kill him off. But, it, you know, I don't know what happened, but it's just like, okay, you know, fake me out the whole movie? Cool. <laughs> he killed all of Rocket's friends. Yeah. <laughs> I think you decided to balance that because this was a really dark movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, between um, child slavery and animal testing and animal cruelty. and I mean, this is a dark, dark movie. It pushes the PG-13 to the limit. And th- what makes it so dark and twisted is it's just that's the story. You learn about Rocket, you know, how it became a super intelligent raccoon. And, you know, he is a raccoon, but he's a super evolved raccoon. And yeah, that. And also from North America. So, him and who knows, in another life, Peter Quill might have shot him hunting. Definitely. Um, and just the, the themes of all these poor animals being, you know, tortured and having you actually connect with these animals that I, you know, damn, um, the CGI here was, I thought was fantastic too. And they do a great job of making it gross looking and, and, and just kind of, it's like unnerving and it really doesn't like, 
you know, yeah, the bunny rabbit's kind of cute, but his eyes were red the whole time. <laughs> and, oh, the other thing had a time with Groot was almost going to die. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I think by now, people realize this isn't the same Groot that was in the first movie. Yeah, this Groot has uh, his own personality and abilities and bulked out I mean, damn and uh and then when we hear Groot say I love you guys audience was like oh crap oh yeah that that I love you just like hits you hard and there's a lot of times where I was like damn you're right tissues are good here and uh <laughs> it, 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 damn Groot saying I love you love you guys and then the death of uh, Rocket's family, hell yeah, that or you know furry family, that was hard, really hard. It, it was just like, damn. Yeah, just understood Rocket completely. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, you yeah, shred, you Rocket, his- it's a little a hole uh, raccoon with an attitude a problem. So, you know, the story begins kind of just them hanging out. Um, and this actually takes place after the Christmas special. So we got that confirmed because, you know, they own the the planet now. Um, or not planet, the uh-huh. head of... Antis talks about uh, finding out that um, Quill's her uh, brother. Yeah, and that was a big theme of the Christmas special. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, this movie had a lot of cool things going on. Yeah. And um and then um Adam Warlock flies in and grabs a rocket. And he was pretty damn powerful. Uh we never got a clear sense of what his powers were. You just knew that he could fly and blast lasers or something. Yeah. Um we knew he was taken out of his cocoon too soon. And I, I I agree with what you said uh, that his character was very naive and very basic, um, ignorant, and he you know had to learn how things exist. And um, I I appreciated that. I know I don't know you know I don't know Adam Warlock from mm-hmm. I know the of yeah. the character, but I don't really care. <laughs> oh, these not like this in the comics at all, uh, which was a nice change. I I think um, James Gunn made a good decision really changing the character because the circumstances of the character do not exist in the MCU. And I also thought this made a nice commentary about all the fans screaming about Nova and a a commentary about what happens in in, in the Marvel Universe if you introduce things too early. They're not developed. And I think Adam Warlock represented that very well. Yeah, and I was, you know, I always liked Will Porter, so I had no problem with this uh, at all. Yeah. yeah, if you haven't seen Midsummer, uh, A.K. Midsummer, go see it. He's incredible in that. Oh, I, I love him with the Millers. Uh, that's I love that. <laughs> um, that's a really funny movie. So, yeah. from the the scary. Horror movies to the funniest of comedies. 
Uh, and they even have Cosmo come back, and Cosmo actually has a good amount of, of screen time for, you know... Uh-huh. Great arc. I mean, the whole thing about uh, when Cosmo gets in a fight with Kraglin, and Kraglin calls her a bad dog and won't take it back. And I, I love that accent. I really do, and it's a good Russian accent for a dog. A cute mm-hmm. kind of accent. Um, mm-hmm. It worked. Uh-huh, yeah, not only did we get to spend time with Cosmo, we actually got a little more Howard the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that he would have more to do, but hey. Yeah, I, I, but I, I, <laughs> I mean, sometimes just a taste is all you want. Yeah, I mean, we've, I've seen, I assume you've seen the terrible Howard the Duck movie. <laughs> The what? I, I'm having trouble hearing. I assume that you've seen the terrible Howard the Duck movie, too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really is as terrible as people say. <laughs> I saw it in the theater when it came out. Oh. So I had it. I sat with a whole... I, I still remember the groans and the... Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm sitting watching this. Audio. Just... It was bad. Yeah, uh, it really is one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> they remember afterwards sitting around with friends and they're trying to justify spending all that money and all that time and th- trying to say good things about it and failing miserably. And I really like Nebula in this movie too. Uh, I thought she... Uh-huh really yeah. kind of showed her her skills and um i mean I, I she was kind of annoying at times because how critical she was constantly um but I, I do like that her abilities were really showcased in this yeah and i thought it was smart this movie that gamora became more of a background character because this isn't their gamora and they hammer that out and i, I kind of feel like at the end of the movie they, they, she understands them, and he understands her, and you know maybe eventually after another time, you know x amount of years they could get back together. But I kind of feel like maybe they're both okay with it. But now she understands why she she maybe fell in love with him. Fell in love with him. If things had been, if if the situation had been different. And I appreciate to hell that, you know, how much they were able to have a different version of her. That this is not the same character we have seen. She's quite um, aggressive and mean, <laughs> to put it nicely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she also became, basically became a guardian. Heck, even um, Adam Warlock became a guardian. <laughs> I imagine if Aisha didn't get killed, she probably would have. Or, I mean, you have to be really, you have to really screw up bad before the Guardians won't take you in, like Ego or the High Evolutionary. Oh, the High Evolutionary did not deserve that honor to be a Guardian of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh man, he. I mean, this guy was intense. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, yeah, James Gunn is very familiar with H.G. Wells' um, Island of Doctor Mark. I mean, damn, this guy was straight up villain. 
Yeah, he was just some whole different kind of evil that we've seen that is just completely twisted and dark and disgusting. Yeah, 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 mad scientists, the eugenics, uh, I mean, even the comics didn't go this dark with the high evolutionary, and I mean, this guy made Mr. Sinister look like a Disney character. I mean, just how he he just doesn't care about anything. He just cares about trying to make better revolution and and having that. It, it's just so disgusting. Oh, care about that because, I mean, the minute he figures out that Rocket is actually smarter than he is, does he want to utilize Rocket's intelligence to, uh, you know, mold him into a scientist? No, he wants to kill him and dissect his brain and figure out why he's smarter. Because it's like, he's like Thanos um, in a lot of ways. He justifies a lot of uh, hate with crap. Oh, when uh, <laughs> when Rocky was tearing him up his face, I was like, yeah, go kill him. Kill him. <laughs> yeah. The audience was going, kill him! I scream. I mean, I can hear people scream, kill him. <laughs> and other people were cheering. Too. I mean, it's like, damn. <laughs> I haven't seen an audience hate a character so much in quite a while. He, he was just a miserable bastard that you just, you love to hate him, but you're also just, just like, yes, kill him. He's so evil. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad I saw this actor in Peacemaker first. Because, uh, I don't think I'd ever, if I had seen this as a first performance, I'd seen this guy do. I don't think I could have ever liked him on screen. I'd always root for him to die. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know, I guess, imagine some people get mad that his abilities are kind of nerfed a lot, and he's not the same character, but it fits this movie so well. <laughs> mm hmm. Look, um, the high evolutionary of those characters. Marvel had certain certain great characters crossed over with the Maximoff storyline, which is and Magneto, which is also part of that. But Marvel did some crappy retcons. To between what they did with uh, Wanda and Pedro and Spider, that just make whole things of reading Marvel comics not fun. Um, turned them into damn um, soap operas. And uh, it's just how they're able to execute this and make it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I completely believe in this universe. Um, obviously, he's different, and I don't really care because you know. Each movie, movies have to be their own thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I also thought the way they wrote him and did him, that he was a perfectly one and done villain that they're probably going to reference. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, if they're smart, they'd bring him up. Um, when they finally get around to introducing Mr. Sinister, I'm sure he would um, be an accolade of this guy. I mean, we technically don't know if he's dead. I mean, it's pretty... It seems like he is. They left him on the thing that exploded. Um, but, you know, bad guys always find a way to find to stay alive, so... 
backup. What was that? You could have a backup body. Sure. I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of ways that they could write around him um, surviving somehow. You know, there's a, there's there's always something, and the fact that he did not die on screen, yeah, um, I wouldn't count him out, but I wouldn't necessarily count him back in. I think um, his purpose is served. I don't imagine that they would need or want to have him come back, but yeah. If they wanted to, they have they could. They could easily explain that away and say, "Oh well, you know, he found a, a you know, a, a escape shuttle or something, or escape pod or whatever, and you know, he knows that ship more than anyone else." And he, I don't know. There's there's ways around that, but I mean, uh, I figure. Uh, I mean, I don't know what Marvel's plans are, and I don't even think Marvel knows because between COVID knocking. Th- off track and now the writer strike because several Marvel projects have already uh, shut down most most the one that's getting the press the mostly is played uh, because they just hired a writer so nothing to film and who's what's uh, what changes how uh, phase five is gonna shake out and there's no I asked you this in the sporter cast, but I'll, I'll say it again. There's no way in hell to know where this takes place in time-wise. It just takes place after the Christmas special, but it doesn't have any references to anything else going on. I mean, it's own cosmic thing. So we have no, co- you know. But, but the the thing is, um, the thing is, Guardians has always been its own thing because Peter um, left Earth before superheroes were really publicly known. I mean, other than maybe Captain America, but he was MIA. And I don't even know if people thought he was really a superhero. So uh, Guardians has always been its own thing. The the problem is stuff that wasn't its own thing during Phase 4 really didn't tie in. Like, they really never... I mean, you would think if an eternal turn came out of the earth and the ocean and turned to stone other people would talk about it I mean apparently it's, it's part of a plot or it could be the plot or rumored to be the plot for Captain America uh, New World Order but uh, we'll see but what happens with that you know that's another year they away old stuff up like they did in phase one. Yeah, that doesn't connect to anything besides other Guardian yeah, stuff. Yeah, because Phase 1 was really smart. I mean, it was small nuggets, really tiny nuggets, but they were satisfying and it made you want to see more. This phase, they Phase 4, they would introduce something cool and you wouldn't have an end scene or anything mention it or, I mean, what, we got, I think a couple of times we got a shot of a newspaper if you blink you miss it yeah that mentioned something not satisfactory at all like you know we had nothing about kang here that i know of um there might be some theories but i can't imagine anything connected to kang with this um there, there's nothing of the ant-man there's nothing to do with the you know like you said the uh um eternals there's nothing to do with Thor. I mean, it would have been cool to have Thor's daughter or yeah, God's daughter. Talk about 
Thor because they had just interacted with Thor, at least in our eyes, or in the Christmas special, yeah. or more stuff from the Christmas special. Like they should. I would have been nice if they mentioned Kevin Bacon. At least, yeah. So, okay, let's get back to the story here for this. Um, so, Adam Warlock comes in, attacks, and then they're trying to save Rocket, and Rocket, uh, they can't save him with, like, med packs they have. So, but they see that they, you know, his programming or whatever is done by the corporation that the High Evolutionary um, is on, and High Evolutionary actually wants Rocket back, too, because he wants to... Um, the alternate Earth that he made isn't working out, so he wants to have, you know, the brain of uh, Rocket to see what could change for future uh, mutations of human of of evolutions mm-hmm. of things. And um, so, you know, the Guardians are trying to find them and try to, you know, go into the High Evolutionaries. Um, Layer, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what um, what his planet or space was called. I don't remember that. Do you remember that? No. To me, it was just the the the, the flesh plant, the bioengineered flesh building that they grossly were living inside of. Yeah. Or inside of. And so they they go over there and they try to get the information that from about Rocket to try to hack Rocket's programming or something because there's like a, a thing attached to his heart or something and it, you know if they try to they remove it it'll kill him or something. They need to yeah, hack. the trope in a MacGuffin, but uh, you aren't going to be bothered by it. Yeah, there's a lot of tropes in this movie, and James Gunn has fun with them. And they move forward; they don't really stop anything. They manage to get in, and that that whole scene with them and talking it out with the Gamora, I, I, it's it's good. They got a lot of their uh, Peter and Gamora got a lot of that talked out, and. The speaker system. I thought that was hilarious. It was like, oh, it's it's really easy to use. It's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's like if you push this button, that button, this, that's the. It's like, no, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> that's not at all intuitive. <laughs> Drax, you're a liar. <laughs> I, I howled because uh, my mother is notor- notorious when I was growing up. Uh, like when I remember. First, we had all these bicycles, and they were all different colors. She got keys that were the same colors as the bicycles. So do you think she would use for the, the lock and keychain for each bicycle the color of the bicycle? No. She used other colors and was trying to explain to us. So basically what wound up happening is nobody used the bike locks and Eventually, all the bikes got taken one by one. <laughs> and um, I, I really did love uh, seeing uh, Philemon there uh, as one of the guards. And uh-huh. That those, was hilarious. Yeah. Um, those bodysuits were just gross. It's like, what the hell? Are they, why are they wearing that? <laughs> but I, I guess they're wearing those fat suits because they could... Um, 
you know, shoot them, and then if they don't get, you know, I don't know. I don't know what kind of logic is behind making those fat suits, but okay, sure. Movie's got to do its own weird thing, and I, I you know, I'm game. And um, Gamora and <laughs> getting the hostage of the uh, co or the worker there. That scene was just like, damn, Gamora is just so aggressive and so mean, and uh, it's just like. I was actually kind of like, you know, you know, Peter Quinn has a point. I think he could charm her and, and get what's needed. And nope, that's not what needed. <laughs> but there's a lot of fake outs. And one of the fake outs we got early on was with um, Adam Warlock fighting um, Groot. And Groot's basically having like barely surviving just the head and crawling away. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> he spent all this time growing Groot and then. Now he's just ahead and like a spider thing and crawls away. And then like, he's just able to grow back like within minutes. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Um, I guess when they're that age, they could grow back that quickly. Um, okay. Have, uh, it looked like he was, uh, uh, he had a frame, which the way it looked, it looked like it was uh, nutrients and stuff. He was like, a, he was on a hydroponic, thing. I don't know. For part of it. Because uh, you notice he came back bigger each time. Yeah. Yeah, this is the group that likes to, yeah, the son likes to work out. Um, And having him, and then you know, with uh, Nebula and Drax being together, uh, that the, that couple was working really well together. Uh, I like that um <laughs> Not Nebula. Um, Drax and... Um, Mantis. Mantis, yeah. And how they were working together. And, and I back Mantis when she started... When she said she thought Drax was dumb. I just love how Mantis was able to convince people, oh, you love him. And it's like, oh, you do that over and over again. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then this shot, uh, Drax, I was like, oh, crap. Is, is he dying here? Wow, that would be pretty... I was not expecting this, but I know the actor behind him has said that he's not interested in, you know, being Guardians anymore. So I was like, okay, I guess maybe he's going to die here. And nope, he's fine. Yeah. And they got the information um, that they needed. And then they're like, oh, we actually have to go to get the get information from the head, which another MacGuffin from another guy. Because um, the the sphere of information sphere, whatever they had somehow excluded the information about him, how to fix him. So it was in the mind of the other guy, um, which I'd never seen him in a movie before. And I was like, Hey, I know him. That's Mateo from, uh, <laughs> from that great TV show. Um, Superstore. I don't know if you ever watched Superstore or not. In a few episodes. And um, so they, they go try to get him, and they go to the planet, which is alternate Earth, or other Earth, or, or what was it? Yeah, it's a thing in the comics. Don't ask me about it. I had no interest in it. It just seems like one of those dumb things that I just kind of always rolled my eyeballs at. And this alternate Earth is where the High Evolutionary keeps his evolved creatures. 
so that way they could live their own life on this earth. And uh, you get to see how they are living like a human or Earth-like life um, mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Instead of an island, this Dr. Moreau had a whole planet and it was going to crap. So instead of trying to deal with it or, or nip it in the bud or correct it, he's going to just destroy it. And those different animals that evolved it was just really disturbing looking. <laughs> I know that's kind of the point, but it's like, um, okay, I don't know what this family is. Is it a bat that evolved? Uh, is it like a, a monkey or something? I don't know, but it, it's just really weird looking. But I appreciate that. I think all of them were actually makeup instead of CG. Or if there was CG, it was really great. But... All of the different animals that are evolved were really weird looking. Yeah, basically made them bipedal, all bipedal humanoids. I was bothered by that. I mean, you know, I, I was like, okay, couldn't some of these creatures be happy four legged? Or does it just have to be that way? Um, just basically, they have an animal head and it becomes humanish. It just pushes the high evolutionary. It's like my way or the highway. I mean, the guy is a fascist. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he wanted to be this way, and he wanted to be docile, so that way they don't fight back. Um, but it's uh, So they, they get on there, and you get a whole bunch of flashbacks of Rocket with um, as he was becoming evolved and uh, working or living and learning how things work, and his friends, which... That oh my god that that scene with the how they all died it was just hit so hard. Mm-hmm. Because I like all of them; they're all fun. They're all sweet. I can imagine like taking if your kids are here, they would cry instantly and just be screaming at this movie. Oh yeah, I didn't have my crap weren't a whole lot of kids, but you could tell. Well, I born kids cry. I hadn't seen so many tears in a movie theater since The Green Mile. I mean, all four of them are fun. And, you know, the otter was so cute. And even though it had robot, you know, limbs, it was still pretty cute. Yeah. I just kind of knew when they were saying, oh, when we get out of here, when we live on the planet, it's like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah. I know. Red shirt. I know a red shirt when I see a red shirt. You know, the, the, you know when they take him to the farm upstate. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was expecting him to die that way. I was expecting him to die a different way, but still, it, it just hurt so bad. I was like, oh my god! And you get to know I, these characters and like them. Talks him about it and gloats. Oh yeah, and. Rocky just went over there and tore up his face. I was like, just get him. Just, just tear him up. <laughs> like I said, my audience was screaming, kill him. <laughs> and it's like, they had to kill all of them? <laughs> Jeez. You didn't have like one friend to help them? Nope. They killed them all cleanly. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, that's when I was thinking, okay, I have a feeling gun may not kill um, the other guardians because he wiped out Rocket's first family completely. Yeah. Both. <laughs> just just having that much there, I was like, damn. And <laughs> you, you just like, 
it's just get a warm hug when they finally get to meet and get a hug and because they're just all in the cages together and they're all next to each other but they never actually really get to touch each other and you know it's just like damn and they're so simple little creatures but they're you know they're it's just it's so sweet it's like oh my name is tooth because i have teeth it's like aww. or lying on the floor <laughs> so it's like okay sure whatever i'm not gonna fight that whatever you could be a floor if you want to be a floor you know yep um, i mean I might as well be cannon fodder and just having the high evolutionary have his like um what is it called? I don't know what they're called, but they're like these little booths that they go in there and just that was horrified. <laughs> and I would be pissed off too if I got into a machine that rapidly evolved me in seconds. And yeah, I would want to kill whoever did that to me too. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, why do you think uh, they were doing drugs and crap on the planet? Could you imagine the trauma he put them through and then shoves them on this planet and has them live in a way that has nothing to do with anything they've ever done in their existence? Ever? Yeah, they don't, belur- they don't belong in suburbia. <laughs> yeah, this is all foisted on them. It, humans created suburbia and they fucking ate it. Can you imagine <laughs> what these poor animals feel like? Oh, speaking of the F word. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Nice. Um, Peter Quinn's F word here was like, damn, that was excessive. Was it necessary? (laughs) Yeah. It showed how frustrated he was trying to explain uh, 1960s, 70s door locks. I mean, this kind of, this kind of got spoiled for me a little bit because I saw like a you know I guess it was a TV spot or something where he said freaking and I was like hmm <laughs> that doesn't sound right <laughs> and um, just you know so they go over there and they find out the truth and and then they got separated and they have the war pig and it's like damn this some this is some crazy ass CGI and just some twisted ass person to make this thing <laughs> to design this it's just all the creature designs here were just the CG it, it all held up really well and it, it just it made me too well because it's just like yeah this looks like what I would expect to, uh, well just think how many years between Guardians movies there were I mean so people had time to design stuff think of stuff I mean, the pre-planning, I mean, the pre, what I jokingly call the pre-pre-production. Forever. It looks like they utilized their time very well because things were really thought out. Nothing looked rushed. Designs looked organic. I mean, it really created uh, a sense of space and universe and time and you really were immersed in it. And, um, so it feels like a lot of stuff happens, but not a lot of stuff happens because they just go to different planets and then they go try to find a, a way to save Rocket. 
and you get a whole backstory on Rocket, but like not that much actually happens if you really you know look at the whole scope. But how they're able to execute it, it's still very entertaining. Um, I, I felt like the the music was the only thing that didn't really feel like it felt right. You know, it was like one or two songs I thought were really good, but most of it was kind of. Mm, I don't know about this song and for this one. I don't know about you, but the music didn't really connect with it this time. Uh, I, one of the things that really impressed me with the music though wasn't so much the song choices, but how he would how he integrated it into the movie. Sometimes it would become, it would be in the it would like it be it would fill the whole theater. It was like. And then it would, then you would have it come down to playing out of uh, Peter's uh, device soon. Uh, and then other times it would be coming out of somebody's speaker or somebody would, you hear it on a radio or somebody starts singing along. Yeah, I. Well, because um, music and sharing it became something they this movie was a little of the subtext is about it that made it so interesting was how people share music and how they date with each other with music yeah i definitely agree with that i, I just i thought that some of the music choices were not ideal um mm-hmm. but how they handled music was brilliant <laughs> um but that's preference that i could totally you know for me, you know, the other two Guardians movies had the, a good feel for it. But then also, this one's the most serious one of all of them. And I think the best one of all of them. But that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> um, I mean, I like all the other Guardians movies, too. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like this one just hammers the emotion really well. And it's just so well executed and fun. And, and both sa- tragically sad and very entertaining at the same time couldn't exist without the other uh, Guardians movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. It started out at this place, it wouldn't have worked. And I loved when, um, you know, the, Peter was keep arguing, you know, this is a setup, right? And it was like, no, it's a, you know, it's not an ambush. I know what I'm doing. It's a face-off. And then when he finally paid that off, I was like, damn it, I didn't see that coming up. I, I've seen this trader with the group with the multiple arms and I just did not see that coming in the scene and I was like, damn it, damn it, it worked. It worked so well. <laughs> I still wanted to know what they were scanning how Groot got in, how they catch the weapons on Groot. Did they not scan him because he was a tree? <laughs> He's just a tree. He's not gonna be harmful. We could just burn him with fire. It's it's simple. And they just I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I guess they didn't have the imagination to think that he would do that. And the imagination yeah. to have multiple armed Groot was brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Movie's got a movie, and the payoff was worth the not. Some, that's, a, that's a perfect example of a payoff, and you don't even care that they kind of got you there without a real explanation. Because uh, because what you got was so cool, you don't care. Um, and I loved how Adam Warlock killed that um guy. Because <laughs> um, they're like, oh, we're going to interrogate him and see what's going on. And 
he just evaporated him. He just destroyed him. It's like, damn. Ah, uh, well, they did. Doesn't know things. Not specific. <laughs> Instructions not clear. Specific with him. And when they were destroying the planet, I was like, damn. And the plan, how does like, okay, he didn't really have a plan to kill him. They just wanted to get the information. And they're just going to jump him out of the, the there and use Groot to kind of glide down. I was like, damn, that's so badass. <laughs> so I loved it. <laughs> I, was like, you, I was like, yeah, I don't care about if I kill you. I just did what's in your head. <laughs> it's like, damn. This is some messed up shit. <laughs> and they're able to get the, the jet going with Gamora, and he's like, I don't know how to fly this thing. It's like, good. I'm glad they finally have that in a scene where the character doesn't know how the how, how this works. And he... <laughs> mm-hmm. I left Earth when I was eight. How would I know how to drive a car? <laughs> that part too, yeah. The the recoder Theo, um, played by Nico Santos, um, who was uh, Mateo in Superstore. Um, he's a it's a sniveling little Smithers kind of character, and it's like, yeah, he would give them the information, but they didn't care. They just wanted to get get the get it that one way or another, and it's like, damn, just scare the hell out of him by throwing him off the <laughs> the thing, and you know the other guardians try to find him. Oh, love it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so surprising me, even being the third movie, that you know how they're able to quote unquote mess up but still win. It's just it's, it's wonderful to see that, and just like it, they, it, it shouldn't work. It shouldn't work at all. But they managed to make it work and make it really fun, and that's why Guardians have been such a beloved, you know, franchise or characters because it they're really terrible. It, it's just and. People and 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 how can you hate a bunch of guys who 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 embrace their enemies mostly and make them part of the family and bring them into the group? And I even felt for they're all about celebrating the families we make along the way. Yeah, that families aren't just the D our DNA who we're related to. They're the people we form bonds with. And how, like, his his own mom died um, in the explosion and Adam Warlock couldn't save him. And, um, like, if you just talk about the scenes that happen, it's just a series of scenes, but how they're able to weave it together to make a cohesive narrative that is entertaining, sad, fascinating and fun it's that's what's really impressive about it and you're right it's a little bit long um and some of the jokes don't land back right like the sofa bit was funny but it was just annoying it's like all right enough already and then you know nebula being overly critical it was a little bit funny but it got annoying um so some of the stuff was going a little bit too far but i still really enjoyed it Mm mm-hmm yeah, agree. And how, um, you know, they're like, we're going to save everybody here. It's like, yeah, damn right you will. And we're going to save. And then I love how they he clarified all the higher life and then all the children there. And I was like, oh, okay. 
and how Drax was like, well, you never asked me if I could talk to them. And that was such a well-delivered line. It was just like, damn. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and he still, you could still tell by his delivery that he was still hurt by what Mantis said. Which is why I think uh, Mantis mind-wiped him. And sometimes I wonder how long Mantis has been mind-wiping him. Yeah, which is, again, twisted as hell. Because the amount of power she has... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have a feeling they're setting up a lot of stuff for the future. Because in the final lineup of... Um, at the, when we see the new lineup of the Guardians, um, one of them is a is a character that in the comics is an adult, but uh, but in this she's a small child, but she was a Captain Marvel at one time. She was also a Quasar. Mm. Quasar is another one of those super powered um, Marvel cosmic heroes. So I'm thinking she's going to become Quasar in the MCU. But even though this is mostly Rocket's story, how they're able to weave every character to have their own subplot and to get them developed. And, uh, uh, you know, we got a lot of Mantis, a lot of Nebula, a lot of Drax, and how they're able to work together. I I really liked everything. I really liked how. And, And Peter Quill, you know, the finally uh going home yeah really home and i liked how they're able to all use their different abilities too like drax being a dad yeah he was able to connect to those kids and you know he was able to get into that and mantis you know helping with those teachers well yeah yeah like i wanted to bitch slap mantis when she called drax dumb I mean, yeah, in some ways he is, but there's like six forms of, and you know, basically amongst people, there's like six forms of intelligence and very few people are good at more than two. And Drax, his abilities were in different types of intelligence than Mantis was. And the tragedy is she didn't see it until later. And just having those different abilities, how Nebula was really get able to hack in and do all that stuff, and even do other stuff with her technology that made it much more interesting than just a hacker. But she had those abilities, and just how they were able to work well together. And like he didn't really care about trying to kill the high evolutionary. He was just like, I just want this information to save my friend. I don't care about you. And I was like, Tap right. Yeah, right. Uh, that Nebula got. Yeah, she's basically unkillable now. And how they're able to get Kraglin back in and Cosmo to help out with, uh, you know, I, I imagine that the um, Nowhere would get jets and be able to fly. And, and that was cool. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole uh, good dog uh, bit had a great payoff. Oh, yeah. And when Rocket came back in and it was like, he saw the little raccoons, which was like so adorable. <laughs> and it's like, no, we got to save everything. I was like, damn right you do. 
you're damn right you're gonna save those animals. You can't just leave them there. What kind of bastard would you be to if, if you yeah, left them? Statement about animal lives matter. Damn right they do. Mm-hmm. And I think James Gunn might have triggered. I have a feeling uh, when Gen Z deals with guns, they're going to deal with animal cruelty next. Yeah, I think this is going to be something that people will reference in the future. This made me rethink about treating animals, how they, we treat them. And I think, you know, just having this pop culture there, because animals are, are intelligent too. We just don't, we don't think they're intelligent like us, but they might just be a different kind of intelligence. And, you know, you can always judge a dog, but, you know, judge a, judge a person how they treat a dog. And uh. a, a dog could judge you really well, too. If a dog doesn't, you know, like you, they have a reason. Yeah. Cats, too. Cats, cats can sense how good people are. Yep. And there's a lot of people that don't understand how other people work. <laughs> we are the same species. And... A dog and cat could definitely judge, you know, you pretty quickly and see how you react to them. And, you know, uh, so, I mean, I'm a big animal lover. So I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely going to save these creatures. I don't care if they're ugly. Whatever. <laughs> save as many creatures as you possibly can. Yeah, all creatures, great and small. I was like, they better not have the same moment that they had with the, I guess, the brontosaur or whatever, and Jurassic World 2, where it was just screaming at the end. I was like, they better not do that, because that shit haunts me to this day. <laughs> just keep telling yourself that C- it's CG. Or drowned in the ocean. <sighs> yeah. I mean, oh, that, that, that scene still... Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't. If I didn't constantly remind myself that this was CG of an extinct animal, I would be quite upset. And I just I loved how well Bradley Cooper stepped it up. I mean, I, I've always liked Bradley Cooper, but he his this rocket is the best version of the character we've seen. Uh huh. Yeah, he really uh. Yeah, I really appreciated his performance in these movies. He really treated this like a real gig. Not just voiceover work he can do in his underwear in the bathroom and just talking to a recorder and make money. Yeah. And, and Vin Diesel, too. I mean, damn. Uh, everyone, I think everyone was just, like, shocked and cheered and cried when, like you said, when he said, I love you guys. I was like, damn, man. I was expecting that. I love it. But I was like, that was not expecting that from Groot. And it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And, and here, because, you know, I am Groot doesn't really sound that much like Vin Diesel. But, man, that did and I was like, "Damn!" For a minute, I thought I was in a Fast uh, and Furious movie. How he's able to have a different sense? Uh, I am Groot and say it differently each time. Brilliant! Uh-huh. And I, I laughed so hard when Gamora says, "Oh, you guys are just guessing at what he means." <laughs> <laughs> and just having them at the end, it's like, yeah. <coughs> It's a mask, but okay. And it's like, yeah, we don't, you don't, they don't go after kidding them. They, they, they did just like, you know what? We don't have to save you. It, it just, 
you know, we just need to get what we need to get and get things done. And uh, that scene, that hallway scene was just, oh my God, <laughs> I love that scene. That's going to be one of the scenes that people want to watch over and over again, because that hallway scene with the guardians are, are killing all those bad guys. It was so gruesome too. It was just like, damn. <laughs> oh God. What about that? When, um, when the high evolutionary says there is no God, that's why I stepped in. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then all the how those people went up against them. I was like, damn right. Yeah. Huh? And even that little furry little, little creature, I don't know what the hell it is. The little ant, the dog kind of thing that became Adam Warlock's little pet. Yeah, I like that. It was cool. Uh, now he's a guardian too. <laughs> and I did feel like, um, okay, Peter Quinn, I understood to a degree. I felt like Nebula, or not Nebula, I can't keep getting confused. Um, Mantis decided to he she wanted to leave felt a little bit abrupt but I I get that you know and but I did love how they were able to give the captain hood to Rocket I thought that was really well done scene um and it, it did feel like okay this this works as a way to conclude the series and they leave in their separate ways and Peter Quill is running back to, you know, one go back home to Earth and, and see his family, and that makes sense. Um, and I guess Mantis is, has three new friends with those giant monster things. I don't know what the hell they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows when we're going to see characters again and, and whether they're... Because, I mean, several actors have already said they're moving on from Marvel. Besides uh, Drax and um, Dave Bautista. He said she's moving on. Who was that? Um, Zoe, then, you know, the actress that plays Gamora, she said she's not playing Gamora anymore and not doing any more Marvel movies. And the first post credit scene was really good with, um, okay, now you see that Captain Rocket there and they have the new team with... Cosmo and um, the girl and Groot was like a super giant. I was like, oh, I love that. That was cool. And then having him I was like, wait. It, it kind of messed up though. It felt weird that they you know, were killing all these other creatures because other creatures couldn't defend themselves. So I was like, mm. it's a little bit weird. Um, but okay. I guess those creatures are not that smart. Yeah, and then we get to meet um, the future uh, Quasar. That girl. I mean, that would have been a good place to have uh, a god, the mm. god butcher's daughter there, um, being trained. Um, giving you know, Thor is like, yeah, yeah, she needs to have some time with a group setting, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that's been wrong with. I mean, they had it a little bit, like, we got to see, um, you know, Blonde Widow crossover a little bit, and we had minimal crossover with Wong, but uh, there just wasn't enough callbacks to previous stuff. They just kept introducing stuff and dropping it, and I know. Part of that was because of the pandemic, but it really did hurt phase four. Can't they talk to each other? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not that hard. Uh, I'm talking to you. <laughs> a lot of 
um, they were putting so much stuff out uh, that they it limited their flexibility when things went sideways with the pandemic. Oh, and I loved having uh, Craglin be able to learn how to use um, the the Dandu's, Dandu's mm-hmm. thing. Um, I wasn't even expecting Zandu to make a cameo. I was like, "Oh yeah, great, good for him." Expecting uh, Michael, that was a total surprise. Welcome one too. And then uh, I was totally not expecting as well the uh, cameo from um, uh, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Well, the the Ravengers were there. I mean, hell, we even had Miley Cyrus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just didn't think he'd want to come back because his role in the first second Guardians was so small. I said, okay. Yeah, well, I imagine before James Gunn um, had a different trajectory with his career, that probably those Ravengers were going to probably a lot of them become Guardians. Or they would have a bigger uh, story than they wound up with. But it was great. But it was great seeing them all, or most of them, because I didn't see Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie a lot, and the motion really got to me, and I felt like it was well paced, and um, I, I really enjoyed the action scenes and. It, the humor for the most part worked. It's just a little bit long, but I still, I really enjoyed it. And this is a great way to to really end the Guardians movies if they're going to end it this way. Um, but you know, if they're going to continue on, it's going to be different, obviously. Yeah, I I don't know if we're going to get any more Guardians movies, but who knows? But I have a feeling some of these characters we're going to see pop up. Hopefully. Um, pop up in um, the the Marvels. Yeah. Now the the post credit scene was just like so nothing. I was like, okay, yeah, going back to the mundane reality of life and mowing lawns, but it's like is that the best you could do. <laughs> well, the thing is, it sounds like it references something, and I can't figure it out. Oh, I have no idea what it's talking about. Like they could have connected to something else, like a universe, you know, messing up or something. You know, cool is on Earth. Maybe something happened. You know, I don't know. It, it just it, that was a that would have been a good way to connect something as well. And they didn't try connecting anything, so I was like, okay, sure. <coughs> Excuse me. It could be an inside joke. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guessing there's going to be some people that are. Um, Overanalyzing that and saying, you know, lawnmowing. Uh. Well, there's still an Easter egg in the first Guardians movie that we haven't found yet. No. And uh, he's a few people have come close to it, but I don't really care. These are Easter eggs that are beyond my pay grade. I just pick up on the easier ones. I'm not into the deep dives. I don't know the lore that well. I mean, does anyone else know that um, Star-Lord is on Earth? Or is it just his family and that's it? I don't know. I mean, 
Only thing James Gunn's really said about it is he says that Grandpa doesn't know about ego. Okay, well, that's fine. I, I wouldn't expect him to know that. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason why he would. Well, I mean, his daughter was knocked up and... Yeah, um, maybe, um, maybe Peter will see the giant head in the ocean. I was like, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, that is something. See, that's what I would have loved. They're watching that on the news, and he is explaining it to his dad, grandpa. I mean, grandpa, that's a celestial. <laughs> yeah, because that. Edible. That that would have been fun. That's that's how you do it. And then it's like, hey, so what's going on over here in New York? What's this eyeball thing? Oh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, time to do that. But they he should have told. They should have been watching the celestial on the news. Or maybe it's like, oh, so there's like apparently like multiple Spider Man in New York. Do you know Spider Man? And he would like, huh. I don't remember. That would have been a fun way to do it. Something. Come on, guys. Yeah, exactly. Go. Huh. Yeah. Or he would know because the spell didn't affect him. I don't. And Grandpa Spider Man. Who knows? All right. So I think we we covered everything we want to cover um, for Guardians Three. I really enjoyed it, and I think it was a great movie and great three D. And um, yeah, James Gunn don't have no doubts in him, and he definitely has proven himself time and time again. And I am super excited for him to the Superman um, movie that he's writing. Yep. Let's just hope uh, Zaslav doesn't. Even though the studios, uh, Warner Brothers, is starting to turn a profit, let's just hope he doesn't dis- destroy DC before James Gunn gets to uh, flex his muscles and actually get movies. Out. Yeah, I mean, I hope that it's at least a five, seven-year plan because it's going to take a while to get some movies done and and you know get production done, especially now with the writer strike. It's going to take a while before. I think apparently he wrote the first script of it before the writer's wreck ended. Um, so, um, because, you know, he writes and directs these movie, uh, movies, so. Yeah, but I don't know if he's got a, well, I assume he's got a writer's union. So hopefully he's not going to scab his own movie. Yeah, um, I don't I assume that as much, but, um, yeah, I guess that's going to be it for um, the supporter cast. Um I want to see if we could get a sporter cast with the other guys, but I don't. I can't guarantee that. Um, you know, scheduling is hard, and we got to do what you got to do. And for and uh, people have lives, um, so I understand. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I still feel like, hey, we got to talk about Guardians Three, and, and I'm glad that we we're able to do this, Jake. So. Because this is definitely a movie that I don't know how I'm going to talk about it without spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, maybe you didn't see the movie in 3D the first time. Definitely watch it the second time in 3D. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is well worth seeing. Yeah, see it on the biggest screen you can and see it in 3D if possible. Yeah. Um, 
If there's a, a IMAX 3D, go for it. If there's a Dolby, yeah, this, yeah, this movie was designed to be seen on the big screen, not your f- cell phone. Yeah, the the cinematography here is also so badass and awesome, and it just it looks epic. It looks big, so it, it feels worthy of cinema, um, of going to the theater. You know, this isn't your Netflix movie of the week. <laughs> the you know, is fine for watching at home, and but not at all cinematic or all that memorable. You know, movie that you remember that you watched last week or you watched this week and you don't remember you watched it next week. There's going to be parts of this movie that I'm not going to remember, but, I mean, obviously I'll remember the, the death of of uh, the friends of Rocket. That's going to be haunted. That's going to be in, in my soul. <laughs> it's just... Whenever I, if ever I see a little baby raccoon, I'm be like, oh, that reminds me of baby ra- baby rocket. I'm already every time I see a raccoon, oh, it's rocket. A little raccoon's really that small. They're just so tiny. I guess. I mean, I figure they're either CG or puppets or both. Yeah. They're, they're really that tiny, huh? I just look at the pictures for them, and yeah, baby raccoons are really that tiny. Um, baby raccoons are usually called kits. K-I-T-S. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, raccoons are the size of big cats or small dogs. But when they're little itty-bitty critters, and little itty-bitty, they're really that small and adorable. Alright, that's going to be it from us. Bye. Bye, folks. But wait, there's more! Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf, and I have with me Joan. Hey, everybody. And this is your opportunity to be part of the Sporter cast for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Woo! So, uh, I guess um, it's just going to be me basically asking you some questions about it, and you tell me what you want to say, or, you know, for full spoilers. I guess, first of all, what do you think of the 3D? Uh, the 3D, it wasn't an Avatar-level experience, but I thought it was pretty good. I was happy with it. I I saw IMAX 3D, um, so it was about as big as it gets. Not any kind of, or not, not for me anyway, any type of pop-outs, like come out and grab you out of the screen. Um, there were some moments where stuff was, was coming out, um, but lots of depth. Image quality was really good. Um, probably the best one I've seen other than Avatar um, in a long time, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, the specific scenes I really liked were when they were trying to get into, um, and they're in their spacesuits and they're talking and you have a lot of space stuff flowing around. Yep. Yeah. That was good. Um, I thought, you know, the scene and everyone's kind of talking about that scene where they're all fighting in that way, in that hallway. Yeah. I thought that was probably one of the best 3d scenes as well. I mean, that was a great scene just to begin with, but the 3D was good in that too. And um, just kind of, a lot of times the camera angle made you feel like you're really looking into this. Like, you know, the uh, mix, it looked like the ship is actually a ship that has depth that actually exists and stuff. And mm-hmm. not, so, yeah, they're trying to, man, I'm trying not to be fuzzy in my memory, but there was one scene that, literally went down so fast i almost felt like i was getting sick do you know what the scene i'm talking about i don't remember yeah i'm trying to shoot i'm trying to remember what it was um but 
But I'm not sure if that was IMAX or 3D, to be honest with you. I mean, a lot of stuff with Iron Warlock flying, you know, it was like flying toward the camera, and that was cool. Yeah, yeah, the, the, um, I'm not sure, back to your comment about the angle, camera angles, I'm not sure if it's, it's gun the way he films it, or they just put more time into it, but I thought all the, the space stuff in the 3D looked, looked much better than anything we've seen out of Marvel in, in a while. I mean, Doctor Strange had some, some moments, uh, Shang-Chi did too, on, but the, uh, this just seemed to be the best they've had for a while in my viewing. Okay. So what score would you give it? Uh, 3D, I probably would give an 8. Okay, so I guess a great 3D? Yeah. Um, not quite editor's choice, not 100% perfect, but... No, it's not. It, and no one can, still no one compete with, can compete with Cameron when it comes to the 3D experience in a theater. I just haven't seen it yet. All right. So let's get to the movie itself. What are your thoughts of the movie? Well, I the weekend before release, I went back and I watched the first two at home in 3D on Blu-ray. And the first one I liked more than what I remembered. And the second one I didn't like as much as I thought I did. And this movie I liked a lot more than what I expected to. Um, it's not without some bumps in the road, but it's definitely... I don't know if it's in my top 10 Marvel, but it's probably in my top 15. Um, and I never expected that to happen. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, uh, I went with a friend of mine. I'm going to take my daughter either this weekend or later in the week. And I told her, you better bring your tissues because you're going to be crying. You know, um, he considering most of the moments that, that make you want to tear up are all computer generated it's pretty amazing how they're able to, to get the emotions out of you. Um, the action scenes are great. Uh, I did like a lot of the character development and I learned that, um, Nebula has become my favorite character, uh, over the three films. And if you include, uh, the Avenger movies as well. Um, but I thought the acting was great. Uh, I thought Chris Pratt was back to his prime, um, compared to the little bit he did in, in the last Thor, I didn't think he was really good in that, but he was really good in this one, I thought. And then the, the story of Rocket, I thought, was just great. I just loved learning about him. And even the villain, High Evolutionary, uh, you know, not Thanos level, but he's pretty good. I love the actor. I thought he did a great job. Um, little, little long, I could have cut it down maybe 10, 12 minutes, uh, maybe 15 and shortened it up a little bit. Um, there's only one thing I really disliked, but I'll let you talk about it before I go into that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel the same way. Um, and I pretty enjoyed the story and yeah, I, I knew, I heard people saying about they're going to cry and, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, if you don't, you're kind of a soulless bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I will agree with that. I will agree with that. I mean, I, I guess some people won't be emotionally attached because they're not humans per se, but yep. s still, I mean, yeah, having some, uh, you know, this is a spoiler cast, having, you know, some cute animals die and some actually really sweet characters that you would grow to really like and you have them die horribly. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean the the stuff with the animals is just some of it's the cutest thing you've seen and the most fun, but man, it is brutal. And you know, there's people really calling it out that hey, it's there's some rough scenes in this movie. There was a guy behind me with two young kids, and I was thinking, man, good luck getting them to bed tonight because it it's you know gun he i mean it's not i wouldn't think it's an r-rated movie but it's it's pushing it at times some of the stuff yeah and i meant did the kids scream when the 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 died or no no they no they were actually pretty quiet so i i don't know if maybe i'm naive maybe they it doesn't impact kids as much anymore today or maybe they were just so scared (laughs) that they couldn't they couldn't even vocalize it i don't know but uh but yeah, my I went with a buddy of mine. And he's like this, he's like this big, like football size player dude, and he's just you know throughout the movie coming and going. I see him wiping tears away from his eyes, so it just um, it just really pulls out the heartstring. And I and I think in the same in a in a good way. Like they don't play it to um, to just make it overly sentimental. Um, I think the the heartfelt moments are are done really well. And I kind of feel like. I do like this version of Madam Warlock from the little bit of time he was on the screen. Um, I think they they could have done something different. I don't know. It's kind of hard to introduce them to basically have like five minutes of screen time. And um, I have no idea what his powers are. <laughs> yeah. Did you talk to Classic Jake about him at all? Yeah, a little bit. What What was his take on it? I mean, he's different from the comic character. Um, yeah, but they have to do what they need to do for the movies because yeah, um, makes sense. But like, it, it, you know, it just he has some kind of energy projection and he has some flight. And I don't, you know, they, they could have, I don't know. I felt like they could have explained some of the powers a little bit better of what he does or doesn't do. And I, I do actually like that he's naive. That you know they, um, so. Yeah, yeah. He, he actually was my one problem with the movie. Um, the or I shouldn't say problem is too strong a word. The one thing I didn't enjoy, and um, I, I didn't, you know, in the comics, he's, I mean, he's Thanos level powerful in the comics, and I know it couldn't be that, and it doesn't have to be that for me to be thrilled with it. But it was almost, it was kind of like in Thor: Love and Thunder, they made him so goofy I couldn't enjoy him anymore. You know, when you watch him, Thor in like Infinity War and stuff, he's he's what I picture Thor to be. And Adam Warlock, it was he was too much the young, naive kind of sniveling mama's boy, and I just it was too much for me. Um, and you know, it didn't help that that they didn't really explain him at all. To your point about powers and other things, um, and maybe maybe that's leads into the only maybe close to second knock of the film for me was there there is to the point where there's too many characters now it almost felt like gunn was trying to get everybody in because this was his last marvel movie ever you know moving on to dc um and I, i think most of the guardians had their moments but man he filled it in with stallone and all these other people throughout throughout the other films um it was it was almost too much, and maybe that's what added to the length. Uh, but I thought Adam Warlock was the one thing I wasn't completely thrilled about. I do like the dog. The dog's cute. <laughs> I did like the dog, but again, there was another character that you really – I don't know if you needed, um, but I did like the dog. Yeah, I did like Cosmos. Um, 
and and the team they kind of set up for I don't know future movies I don't know that they'll have them but I I, I would like to watch that team um, it'd be interesting to see how they interact and stuff and you could you could start over with a, a new creative mind behind it and and have more guardians and just a brand new starting point which is kind of a cool a cool thing that I don't know that other any other franchises been able to set itself up that way and well it is long uh it felt long i do appreciate mm-hmm. the the different character moments here we got a lot of character moments that are really well done and finally you got to get some more time with nebula and got to see her powers and you got some time with um just everyone else and you know you learn that drax has has a different language and drax is actually really good with kids and it makes sense because he had a kid and um i i like just these characters feel more developed and more likable and more um like mantis we kind of just barely knew her in the second movie and now i like her um Mm -hmm. Yeah, it felt like Mantis and Drax weren't in this movie just as comic relief. They felt they felt like they actually had a place and in the story, and and certainly the way they ended it with with kind of leaving them to to go on and live a, a, their own story moving forward. I don't think we'll ever see that, but that's okay. Um, I really like them. Yeah, uh, uh, Gamora has been not Gamora um, Nebula. She's become my favorite character. Like her story arc from the first movie through this, um, and then and then she obviously had a lot of, lot to do with, um, with Endgame. Uh, it's really great. And the actress uh, is it Jillian? I think Gillian Jillian. Um, Karen Jillian, yeah. Karen Jillian, yeah. Uh, she's excellent. She's like she doesn't get enough credit. I don't think she's really good. But even Gamora, I liked, you know, same actress, but a completely different Gamora in this movie than one we've seen, probably closer to what we saw in the first Guardians movie. Um, but I really liked, I really liked her in this as well. Um, the plot itself kind of simple. Um, it, it's kind of mm-hmm. you know just trying to rescue, um, they're trying to save Rocket, but um, getting the backstory of Rocket, backstory that I was kind of wanting to get to know because he's just a talking raccoon, cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, I yep. don't. You know, I I didn't know about the Guardians of the Galaxy before the movie. I really didn't. Um, I mean, I consider myself pretty decent into comics, and <laughs> I'd never read anything about the Guardians of the Galaxy. So um, I was open to anything, and I was like, okay, sure. Um, but like, I like everything. I like Groot in this too. Um, they're using Groot really nicely. There's a lot of times where the movie copped out and made you think that certain characters are going to die, but they didn't die. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's been different variations of the Guardians of the Galaxy over the years in comics. Um, but, I, yeah, I didn't know the backstory of, of most of them. So getting it for Rocket, I think, was great. I really enjoyed it. And it was I thought Gunn did a pretty good job of, of moving back and forth moving the story story forward, but then showing you backstory, the, the flashbacks, uh, it was pretty clean. The only thing, you know, back to the time you're right about the story. It is pretty basic. Like they basically are just, they're going after this device, you know? And then uh, the thing with the ship, well, they think star Lord's off of it or on it. He gets off of it. Then they get on it. Then he's got to go get them. Some of that back and forth seemed a bit, I think that's where it played long for me and a bit tedious. 
Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if they could have done it any more efficiently, but um, that's where it, it seemed like it felt long. But um, I did like, I did like some of the emotional moments with them trying to save Rocket um, and him, him uh, having that moment with High Evolutionary at the end. Um, and then, I mean, how brutal was it when they showed him as in the flashback, him attacking him, oh, yeah. basically taking his whole face off. I mean, that was, it was intense. Yeah. I was like, I was containing myself, but I was like, in my mind, I was like screaming, get him, get him, rip him to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I, I know, he, <laughs> I know it's terrible to say it, to think it and say it, but it got me, you know, I was like, yeah, you have every right to do that. <laughs> no, that's how they made you feel. It, it's one of those, um, one of those villains where, I mean, he he's just pure evil. Like, there's no there's no side of him. He, even like Thanos, right? So what he was doing was evil, but he really he really was trying to do it with a pure heart, misdirected as it was, I guess. Um, where High Evolutionary was just like, hey, I'm I'm going to take the place of God and and do it better, and as many people as I got to kill to get what I want, I just do it. You know, whether it's animals or people or uh, other species like just doesn't care. Like he was wiping out that planet at the end. Well, it wasn't perfect. I'll just wipe all these people out that I created. He's just pure evil. And, um, you know, that that's kind of unique. I think even for a Marvel movie to have that, but it was good. Um, I kind of wanted him to actually die though. I kind of, it's like, because it kind of left it vague if he survived or not, because yeah, they did. You could write it either way. But like you know, someone could have cut his stomach. Let Drax cut him in the stomach and let him die a slow, painful death. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> terrible, but he deserved it. He's you know countless. I mean, we don't, you know he's been doing this for years now, um, if not decades, and countless animals that never asked to be there have gained consciousness and had to live out lives that were completely alien literally alien because they you know they're not supposed to be that way but he, mm-hmm. they were artificially evolved to be sentient and uh, bipedal <laughs> um and yeah and and i don't know if that was done you know intentional like you know did marvel tell gun that they got to keep him alive um because they'll use him down the road or was it just they ran out of time to show it i'm not sure yet yeah, I wasn't really sure if, like, they, like, you can't kill any of these guys. So you can play with it, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised that all the Guardians survived. I, I really would have not been shocked if if one would have died just to, you know, give the movie some weight. Um, but they didn't, and I didn't feel like it was bad because of it. Yeah, and it feels like they all had a conclusion um, that kind of made sense for the character arcs that they had. And I, it did feel like a little bit that Mantis leaving was just a little bit abrupt. But I was like, okay, I guess. Um, but I did see that, okay, Peter wanted to be with family. Okay, I, I could see that. I could buy that. And yeah, I could buy that. And and I think it's also a way for them to bring Chris Pratt back. Any of those upcoming Avenger movies that you know, if they take place at all on earth, which I assume they will, they can pull, they can find a way to pull him in. He could still be star Lord without the rest of the guardians. And now they've got 
Pratt's marquee name still in those movies, and they don't have to make up a reason as to why he's there. So did make kind of, you know, I could see that being a setup. I don't really think they set up anybody else for the future other than, I guess, that other Guardians team. But it felt like they were putting Pratt in a place where he could continue to be in future uh, Avenger movies. Now, um, I haven't seen two again in the watch since theaters. Is, mm-hmm. the, is it still open that he has some powers? I didn't see that he had any powers that he inherited from uh, his dad. I thought all the powers went away. Or was I missing something? Did he does he actually have some powers left? Well, I I mean I don't think they all went away. I don't remember them all going away after the second one, but you don't see him ever using them, do you? So I'm not sure. You know, they mention um, was it the was it in this movie? I'm, I'm trying not to get confused. They they there's a mention about you know they they did testing on him and they see he's not fully human, um, but they never they never expand it beyond that. Like I was expecting him to use some of his powers somehow. Or either, or either that or acknowledge it. I guess if they do bring them back, they need to acknowledge that. I feel like they need to say, you have some powers, you don't have powers. I mean, he does have alien technology. Um, I assume he has his own ship and his, his guns and stuff. But Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He doesn't... Yeah, because have- otherwise he's like Tony Stark, right? Yeah. He's, just, he's got basically uh, uh, equipment to, to make him a fighter. That's about it. Because, um, yeah, he should have, like, a basic mask he could wear and his guns and probably his own ship. But um, I was I, I was also expecting uh, Adam Warlock to use his magical powers or whatever to save him. And I guess just bringing him back from the vacuum of space was enough. Which I was like, come on, you have all these powers. You know, you could use some of it. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't understand that either. I mean, I knew as soon as he went into space... And he started to crystallize. I knew Warlock was going to be the one that saved him because that was kind of his redemption arc, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was fully fully expected. But but yeah, you make a good point. I hadn't really thought about it too much. You know, where his celestial powers, where is all that stuff at? Because um, I don't I don't remember the end of the second one them going away. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I have to check it out again. So. It's it's. I understand some criticisms of the movie because it really isn't that many plot points per se. But mm-hmm. how it was able to execute it, I think, is still fantastic. And it, the the emotion really held. I don't know where this takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe besides after the Christmas special. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um. But okay. Whatever. <clears throat> That that was another thing that was weird because you felt like at the end of the Christmas special, he kind of got over his morning drunkenness of Gamora. But then in this movie, that's basically what we start with. He's still drinking her memory away or trying to, which I thought we kind of got through that with the Christmas special. That was one thing I didn't quite understand. So I... I still think the placement of this was after the Christmas special, right? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because um, they knew about – he knew about um, Mantis being his sister, and that was not that, to the end of the Christmas Right, episode. yes. Yeah, you're right, right. So it has to be. So, yeah, so why he's still drinking, getting drunk, thinking about Gamora, I don't understand. And But I don't know 
I mean, the Christmas special happened around Christmas time, but I don't know exactly when this movie takes place. Is it like January or is it like May or or what? You know, is it a year later? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, and I guess other than other than the drop of him knowing she's his sister, there's no there's no under, in, other indicator of when it happens. And maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know. Okay, so what are your final thoughts? What's your final score for this? Um, yeah, I probably, uh, I think I fall into the category. I'm going to give it uh, eight and a half. Okay. Um, so it's it's on that good, great area. Um, you know, I don't. I usually like with Marvel movies. I know we we try to talk about them as soon as they come out. Um, and. You know, I'm always I always like a second viewing better, and a lot of times I don't get that till I can watch it at home. Um, so I'm not quick to condemn Marvel movies out of the theater. Um, so I try not to do it the other way. I try not to say this was so great because, but it did feel that way when I left. It felt like, man, I just finally saw a great Marvel movie again. Where hadn't kind of felt that for a while. I don't know that I condemned them like some people do online. You know, they, every movie can't be Endgame or Infinity War. Uh, I just don't have that expectation, um, and I don't think this is as good as those. But it's 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 knocking on the door of those movies for Marvel for me. Okay, so um, I guess since we don't really do point fives, you'll give it an eight and a movie award. Movie editor's yeah. choice award, so that way I'll give it. An, I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. It's not. It, it's not nine or ten, so I'll give it an eight. Seven sounds too low, so I'll give it an eight. But you give it the movie, the editor's movie award for a, a well-crafted movie, so that way you can kind of do it. Yes, <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you? Where are you at? Um, me and Jake gave it a nine. Okay, you guys are one above me. All right, that's good. And then we both uh, agreed to the great three D. Yeah. Good. All right, well, we saw this. I think we all saw the same film then. That's nice. Um, what do you think of the post credit scenes? Uh, they were kind of a letdown, I thought, to be honest with you. I mean, I enjoyed the one with the, the new team. I'm not really quite sure what to get out of the one where he's with his grandpa. What was your take on that? It's just a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I The build-up to him was like, there's two scenes. You've got to see him. You've got to see him. You know, and I don't know if people were excited about the new team. I thought that kind of like, even though you didn't see them in uniforms all huddled up together, it kind of seemed pretty clear that's what they were saying. Um, it was kind of cool to see, but then the the grandpa stuff, I didn't, I just, I didn't understand. Yeah, was was a letdown. It just if you're gonna show mundane thing of life, then just show it. Don't talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, see, have Star Lord mowing the grass. <sighs> just kind of bored, you know, I don't know. It, it just kind of have him comment on some stuff that's going on that, Oh, you know, do you know about this weird thing happening over there? Oh yeah. I know about that, you know? And okay. I don't know. There's other way. It could have connected to other stuff too. And nothing. Yeah. I think, you know, and I guess it's their own fault <clears throat> that they, and, and I don't know if this is an offset of, of COVID hitting a couple years ago and screwing their whole timeline up. But those used to be, if there was two, one connected to the next movie and then one was kind of funny, right? And if there was just one, it was usually a connector. 
now it's you know now i'm waiting for the connector for the next movie or two movies or three movies down the road even and there's nothing you know um i, I find it hard to believe what what what's next marvels marvels is next in the marvels MCU. Is, yeah, and then I forget what's next year. I mean, it's hard to believe they they don't have something to tie to that. Or even if it was for Secret Invasion, which comes out on Disney Plus, um, yeah, it's uh, it was disappointing for sure for me. Yeah, I mean, Marvels is the next movie. Um, we do have animated wise the next Spider Verse, um, but that's Sony. And then after that. Uh, uh, I forget if Craven is still coming out this year or not. Yeah, I think the that one that CinemaCon or whatever they 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 said that they showed it. It's supposed it's still on the the list, but I mean it's it's May and we haven't seen even a teaser for it. So that seems kind of odd. I mean, it's supposed to be the first R-rated Sony Marvel movie. It's supposed to come out October sixth. Hmm. Well. Um, so, but yeah, this you know does it connect anything with Marvel? Does it connect anything with any of the TV shows? I mean, besides the Christmas special, but I mean, no, right? Yeah, I mean, it was almost you're right. It was like a standalone Marvel movie. It didn't connect to anything that happened with the uh, Quantum Mania or Loki or um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse, or anything. No, right. So there, there's a good there's a good point. Like we and that one we saw what. The one stinger at the end was um, Charlize Theron. You know, she shows up. Mm-hmm. Like, what? We're never going to see that again. Like, there's, it just, <clears throat> I don't know. They're just, it's frustrating that the tie, either they try to tie in and it doesn't go anywhere, or they don't do anything and people are sitting there eating cereal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've had. Uh, we should. You know, someone should do a list of the worst post-credit scenes. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's probably one out there. You can probably find it because, like, this is you know pretty high up there with um you know patience is a virtue and um you know why you still you know th- some of those other ones are pretty bad too. It's just kind of okay. Yeah. Well, then there, there's ones that go nowhere that I'm all excited for, like the end of Eternals. Sees the Ebony Blade. Well, that's Dark Knight, and then you heard uh, what's his name who's who's supposed to be playing Blade. His voice. You know, and oh man, it's so exciting. And then years, good years, and years and years go by, and nothing comes of it. I mean, it's, it, w- uh, it would have been a good time to have the Eternals and Star Fox or whatever figure something out with them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was the other one in that movie. Jeez. I mean, I, I, apparently, the next Captain America movie is going to talk about the the hand and the face that are in the o- ocean, but. Still, you know, connected tissue here is really light, <laughs> if anything. Yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, that's their movie in May next year, right? Yeah, so that one is yeah, supposed okay. to... I think, I'm not 100% sure, but from what I've read, um, it's supposed to be that the... Is it Tamuk? The, whatever the, the rock island that the leftover after the Eternals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's supposed to be made of antimantium. Oh, really? Oh, so that's how they're going to get that for uh, Wolverine? So there's now a, a huge amount of people that are trying to go after that. And uh, Captain America is sent to kind of help stop 
some of the ports, the, uh, I don't know how to, it's, it's supposed to be a big thing because now there's, you know, all these rare minerals and stuff that are on there and, you know, who mm-hmm. does it belong to and who doesn't it belong to and, so, and I don't know if animantium existed in the MCU before this thing. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, the. I think this is going to be one of those years, and there's not been a lot of them over the last 10 where, you know, my favorite movies have nothing to do with Marvel. You know, I mean, we've got Dune 2, we've got Flash, which looks really good. We've got Mission Impossible. Like. I think Marvel's going to be be way in the bottom of the list again at, at the end of this year. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. All right, I guess that's going to be it for this spoiler cast. Thanks for right. participating. Bye. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Bye. Before this podcast wraps up, I want to thank my patrons. Thank you, Kano3D, MK Ultra, Kevin Winter, Alex Folk, and Gravity Head Zero for your financial support on Patreon.com. You can find 3D or 2D on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, and more. Just look for 3D or 2D. Thank you for either listening or watching this podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye.